Welcome to the Life Church of Kansas City podcast. Please consider following, sharing, and supporting by giving at tlckcmo.com. May you be blessed by the Word of God. What an amazing Spirit of God we already feel in this place. Amen. Amen. It's um, my 25th passing the mantle. Coincidentally, this is the 25th year of passing the mantle. Um, it's just a joy to be here. And it's an extra special pass the mantle this year on this night because um, I get to share the pulpit with uh, Bishop Gleason, who also happens to be my dad. Um, you know, when people, when people meet me, they, um, you know, they, they know I'm Stan Gleason's son, or they, they know my last name's Gleason, and they're like, so is Stan Gleason your, like, grandfather? <laughs> you know, because, because they see, they see Justin, and they know, okay, you know, that, that's his dad, that makes sense, but then they see this redheaded kid who's, like, really young, and, you know, Brother Gleason, he looks... Not old, but older, right? And so, you know, they don't, nobody really knows what to do with me. And so I, I tell them, yes, I'm his, I'm his youngest son. They're like, oh, okay, that makes sense. And then they go, and then the next thing is, so Justin's your brother? And I'll say, yes, he is. He is 16 years older than me, but he is my brother. When they asked my parents, they said they didn't want to wait for grandkids, and so they had their own with... Uh, with me and Michaela, um, but so it's a it's an honor and a privilege to share this pulpit with him tonight. We decided that since we have this opportunity to share um, in ministry together, that we are going to um, uh, in some way collaborate on a sermon um, and and share a text. Share an idea. Um, sometimes the scripture is enriched depending on the perspective that you look at a scripture. Um, you know, sometimes I'll read a, a story in scripture and I'll look at it from the eyes of one of the characters, and then I'll look at it from the, the eyes of another one of the characters, and there's, there's a lot of meaning and, and uh, glory in that. And so tonight, um, me and my dad are going to give you perhaps two different perspectives on a passage of, of Holy Scripture. Um, so I'm gonna be reading from Numbers chapter 11, verses 28 and 30. Um, I honor all of the ministry that is here. Just so happens that all of the ministers that are gonna be here have had a profound impact on my life. Brother Herring, Brother Wilson, my dad, my brother, and everybody else. Caleb Herring, it's, it's just an amazing opportunity for me to be around him. And I wanted to honor also Brother Stone King, who's was at a passing the mantle for about 20 years. Um, if you've been in the Apostolic Church, you've, his ministry has probably impacted your life. If he hasn't, then you can go and watch videos from him from years past, and he will bless you. Numbers chapter 11, verses 28 through 30. In this story, um, the children of Israel were complaining, surprise, surprise, and apparently they were tired of the supernatural food that God had been giving them, and so they wanted, you know, some meat. 
And so they're, they're complaining to Moses and then Moses complains to God. It's kind of, you know, they complain to Moses and Moses complains to God. And God's like, well, I'm getting both of, I'm, you're complaining now and they're complaining and what am I supposed to do? And so they're just, they're unhappy and, you know, Moses is burdened down and God says, you know, I'm gonna give you some elders. They're gonna help you, you know, carry this burden. I'm gonna take the spirit that's on you and put it on these elders. And whenever the spirit came upon these elders, they began to um, prophesy. And there were two other men, Eldad and Medad, who were um, still in the camp and they were prophesying as well. And this just caused a sort of uproar because at that time they weren't necessarily comfortable with a lot of people, everyday people prophesying um, you know, just you and people like you and me prophesying. And so we're just kind of being transported into the middle of the story. Verse number 28, Numbers chapter 11, Joshua, son of Nun, who had been Moses's aide since youth, spoke up and said, Moses, my Lord, stop them. He saw Eldad and Medad prophesying, and he's like, this is, you know, God, Moses, you're supposed to be the one prophesying, and, and who are these, you know, two guys prophesying? He says, Moses, my Lord, stop them. But Moses replied, are you jealous for my sake? And this scripture, it just kind of um, echoes in my mind. He says, Moses says, I wish that all the Lord's people were prophets, and that the Lord would put his spirit on them. I wish that all the Lord's people were prophets, that the Lord would put his spirit on them. Tonight, me and Bishop Gleason are going to be preaching about the next prophetic generation. The next prophetic generation. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we call upon your power and your glory, Lord Jesus. We pray, oh God, that your Holy Ghost, Lord God, would fill this room, Lord Jesus. And Lord God, that you would minister to your people, Lord God. Let the word go forth, Lord Jesus, and let it fall on good ground, we pray. And let it do what it's accomplished, it's meant to do, Lord, we pray. In the name of Jesus, amen. If you follow the story of Joshua, you first encounter him at a, um, a unique sort of scene. This was the time in, in Israel's history before the, uh, the tabernacle had been you know, built, the, the official tabernacle. And Moses, Moses needed a place to, uh, to go pray and to, to uh, contact God. And so in the, in the scripture, it says that Moses would go outside the camp and would kind of build his own tent to, to talk to God and where the, you know, the, the glory cloud would come down and he would talk to God. Now, I don't know about you, but if I was, you know, tasked with building my own tent, um, it would not be very successful. I've only gone camping once and it did not work. I ended up sleeping in some of my, one of my friend's tents. It just didn't work out. Um, and so Moses would go outside of the camp and he, he, would, he would build this makeshift tent and whenever Moses would go out, whenever they, the people of Israel knew that Moses was, was going outside of the camp, they knew that where he was going, they knew that he was going to the tent to pray. 
And so the people, you know, are, are in their tents, they're, you know, getting dinner ready maybe or something. They're just, you know, conversing in their tent and they, somebody says, there goes Moses. And they, they look and, you know, Moses, he was always, you know, heavy, had a lot of burdens, had a lot of problems he had to deal with. You know, he's walking outside of the, the camp and they knew immediately that he was going to, to pray and to, to contact God. And it, the scripture tells us that whenever Moses would go into the tent, everybody would stand outside of their own tent and they would see Moses talk to God and they would worship uh, as Moses was talking to God. The, the, the pillar, the cloud would just descend and they knew that the, that the glory of God was, was in that place. And who knows what kind of you know, words they heard uttered or what Moses was saying or what you know, he was praying about, but they, they would observe this happen and they would worship God as this was happening. Because it's a powerful thing when the, the leader, the man of God, hears from God. And it says that the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. And the, the scripture just includes a little uh, line. The, the, the things that stick out the most to me in scripture are just these little, these little phrases. And there's so much packed in these little phrases, but, but the writers of scripture just kind of write them and they just leave them for us to wonder for the rest of our lives, you know, about what exactly that phrase meant. These, they just include little bits and pieces about, about the stories, about what actually happened. It just, it's like, I wanna know. And it says that Moses would return to the camp after he, was, he had prayed, but he had this, this young assistant named Joshua. He was his aide, he was his servant. He would help him with, with various tasks um, around, the, around the camp. And, for, and Moses evidently allowed Joshua to go with him to the tent. He says, Joshua, come on, I'm going, going to pray. I'm gonna go contact the glory of God and the pillar's gonna fall and you know, let's, let's go pray. I want you to come with me to experience this. And so he brings his, his assistant, Joshua. And I can only just imagine being Joshua, you know, perhaps a teenager, just observing as, as his leader, as his prophet, would go into the tent and just pray and literally call heaven down and talk to God as a, as a friend speaks to another friend face to face. That he would just pray, Moses would pray and just feel God and contact God and just the spirit of God would be right there. And young Joshua, all he can do is just kind of observe, you know, observe the, the glory, observe the, observe the power of the spirit that's, that's happening in this moment. And as a young man, Joshua, again, the writer who was Moses, he includes that after Moses would leave this tent, after Moses would leave the glory of God, his young, it says Joshua would stay in the tent. Joshua was a young man. He contacted the glory of God. He was, he, was, he was around the almighty presence of God. And it says that he stayed in the tent because he wanted to be around the power of God. A young man, perhaps a teenager, was, was consumed and was so intrigued by, by the power of God that he just wanted to stay in the tent and be around the presence of God. 
I'm reminded of so many times growing up as a, as a teenager just being in and oftentimes passing the mantle, youth camps, or, or all kind of stuff, and I would just want to stay in the presence of God because I knew that Almighty had been there, and I just want to be around the presence of God. It, it's not even sometimes that you, you know, you have something to pray about, or you're, you're even praying, but you're just, you're just there in the presence of God, just wanting to be around the Spirit because the Spirit does its own work in you when you come into contact with it. And so Joshua would stay in the tent as a young man. If you follow, if you move on the story in Numbers chapter 11, which I read, again, the people had been complaining. They, they wanted some food. And so Moses, he's like, okay, you know, I'm going to ask God. I'm going to talk to him and see, see what he will do. And, and God promises that he will send some quail and he's going to send, you know, some meat. And they're going to have so much meat. It's going to come out of their nostrils. And he's going he's gonna to send them meat. And so Moses, he can't do this alone. And so he, he gets the elders and he tells the elders, God tells Moses to, to place the spirit that's on Moses upon the elders. And so he, Moses gathers around all the elders and he just, you know, lay hands on them and, and, and prays for the spirit to descend upon them. And one by one, all of these elders began prophesying. Moses would, would, would impart some, some kind of spiritual gift, some kind of power to these, to these men and they would just start prophesying. And, and me, just in my wandering mind, I always have wondered, what does this mean that they were prophesying? Because they weren't, they weren't, you know, when we think of somebody prophesying, we, we have in our minds, rightly so, uh, a man of God, a woman of God, standing up and proclaiming to, to a body of believers, you know, what the Lord is saying. But these men, they were just praying. They were just, they were just around in a circle. And one by one, Moses prayed for them. And then the, the Spirit of God descended upon them. The same Spirit that was in Moses was imparted to them. And then they began to prophesy. What is, what is this prophesying? What is, what is happening here? What is, what is exactly this look? What, is it, what does this mean that they prophesy? And I think about all the other times in the Old Testament when, when the, the writers would just describe how, how some, the Spirit of God would descend on somebody. They would just begin to prophesy. I think about, you know, King Saul, he was just laid out, you know, prophesying. He was just, he was just in the spirit. And so for my own, you know, thinking and, and, and reading and, and just speculation, I truly believe that, that in this instance of, of Moses including that they were prophesying after the spirit was laid upon them, it's something similar to when we received the baptism of the Holy Ghost today. It's something very similar when you see somebody filled with the Spirit. They're just, they're just up there maybe praying, and somebody who's, who's full of faith, full of the Spirit of God, lays their hands on them and imparts the same Spirit that's in them upon them and prays for them, and they receive the Holy Ghost, and it's like their whole countenance changed, and they're just, they're just consumed by the presence of God. I'm not exactly sure why God has instituted the laying on of hands, the transference of faith from one person to the next to, to, to accomplish his purposes of salvation. It, it, it goes beyond my, my understanding that we have a role to play in this. But for some reason, God has included that whenever a person of faith lays their hands on somebody else of faith, that there is a transference of the spirit and of faith. And so Moses, the elder, the leader, the older generation, if you will, sees this next generation of elders and he lays his hand upon them and they are filled with the spirit of God and begin to prophesy. But Joshua, you would think that Joshua would, you know, be all about it and say, yes, they're, they're prophesying. And again, Eldad and Medad were somewhere else where they were not supposed to be. 
We don't exactly know why they didn't come with the rest of the elders, but they were you know, still inside the camp. It could have been that they felt unworthy to be a part of that number. They, they, were not, you know, they didn't feel worthy of, of Moses' placing the spirit upon them. And how many of us have tried to get away from what God has called us to do because we felt unworthy of it? And so Eldad and Medad are outside. They're in the camp. They're away from it. But Moses must have mentioned them in prayer because as they were just sitting there together, all of a sudden the Holy Spirit of God came down upon them. They were hit with the anointing and began to prophesy and pray in the Spirit. And so Joshua, he sees this. I don't know if if Joshua might have had some doubts about what he experienced as a young man, or he wasn't exactly sure what this prophetic thing was, he, he, he thought that Moses was supposed to be the only one that could prophesy, and he sees these other two men prophesying, and he runs to Moses. He says, Moses, you've got to stop them. And then Moses says, I wish that all the Lord's people were prophets, and that the Lord would put his spirit on them. Ironically, Moses was prophesying here about a future day in which the Holy Spirit would be poured out on everybody and that everybody would be open to the Spirit. Moses could only see, he could only, he could only have a glimpse of, of one day when the Holy Spirit of God would fall on everybody and not just to a select few for a certain amount of times. Because it says the elders, after they were prophesying, it says they prophesied never again. But Moses, he felt in the Spirit, he could see, he was a prophet, he was a seer. He saw a day when the Holy Ghost would be poured out on everybody. He saw a day when the Holy Ghost would be poured out on everybody. On children, on teenagers, on young adults, on adults, on old people. Moses saw a day when God's people would speak on his behalf and would prophesy. And in this story, I see Joshua as an example of my generation. Generation Z, those born from 1997 to 2012, I see Joshua representing my generation. That at one time, as young people, as young children, we might have experienced the glory of God as Joshua did. And we may have some kind of doubt about the Spirit of God, the prophetic Spirit upon our generation. And we may see people prophesying and being used in the gifts of the Spirit, and we're running to our elders and saying, what are they doing? They can't be t speaking like that. They can't be used by that. But Moses, the older generation, is saying to my generation, I wish that all the Lord's people were prophets. The apostles and the prophets of, of generations prior to me are looking at my generation and they are like Moses and they want to put the Spirit of God upon us because they believe that we can be used in the power of God. And so Joshua has some doubts about this prophetic spirit. Joshua has some doubts about this calling. Moses, you're supposed to be the one prophesying. What are they doing? He has some doubts. And Moses, he tells them all the Lord's people are going to prophesy if you follow the story of Joshua. He goes on to be the next leader of the children of Israel. And eventually Joshua, after a while of growing and praying and growing his prophetic gifting, he ends up standing before the people of God and proclaiming what the Lord is saying. And he becomes a prophet of God to lead the children of Israel to the next level of spiritual authority and victory. In my generation... The older generation of Moses is placing their hand upon us because one day we will be the leaders of the apostolic church. 
One day, we're going to come to the Jordan River, a new, ter- a new area that we have not crossed before. There's going to be new challenges, new things that we don't even know how to conquer this. But the elders had placed the Spirit upon us, and so we are empowered to prophesy in the name of the Lord Jesus to see new levels of the Spirit. <laughs> Joshua came to the Jordan River. They had never been there before. How are we going to do this? How are we going to do this? But he knew that at one point he had been a part of the prophetic and he had seen his master. He had seen his leader do it. And so Joshua, he does it. He contacts the spirit of God and God tells him, I'm going to part the Jordan River up front. Even you're going to walk in victory and you're going to defeat the enemy. And so generation Z, my generation, we face all kinds of things that this world has never seen before. We face all kinds of challenges that mankind has never seen. In my observation, because the job of a minister is to exegete scripture, is to explain scripture, but it's also to exegete and explain the culture. And so in my generation, I have just been thinking and I have been praying and I have been watching and I have been listening and I have been reading. And there are so many things I could talk about, the new, new areas that we're going to have to cross that we're never have been there before. But there are some things that I believe that generation, my generation is going to face in the future and facing right now in the apostolic church that we're going to need the prophetic spirit of our elders upon us to face these things. Never before did we think that we would live in a world where the norms of gender were questioned. That how you were born biologically is not what you really are, but you can really be a gender that you're not. I'm sure that generations before us never would have thought that we've gotten to this place. And I used to think that this was some kind of far off um, worldview, some kind of far off idea. But I was in the public school system for two years with 11, 12, 13, and 14 year olds. And I can tell you that this ideology is in the air that they breathe. It's everywhere. I would, I would listen to sixth graders talk about, you know, how they identified and, and what they, you know, what, what gender they were and that they had changed genders and all this sort of thing. And it would break my heart. I would leave that school every day and go in my car and just pray for my generation. I would pray for God to use me to, to reach these people who are hurting and don't know who they are. They don't have an identity rooted in Jesus. And so I believe that this problem is going to face my generation even more strongly than we have seen so far. The last couple of years, it's, it's just gotten a little bit more intense. It's gotten a little more heightened, and it's just, it's, just, it's just there. And so what are we going to do? My generation must be like Joshua and seek the face of God to receive the Spirit upon us and how to move forward. Decades ago, the apostles and prophets of the apostolic church, they, I believe, saw in the spirit where our culture was heading, that the lines between men and women were going to be blurred. They saw in the spirit what was going to happen, that people were going to reject God's creation. They were going to reject the God who made them. So they interpreted the word of God and applied its principles and set us on a course for now I don't see this problem in the apostolic church. Perhaps other Christian traditions, this problem is is coming into them, but I do not see this amongst our ranks because of what the apostles and prophets of our movement taught us how to live. How it's, it's best 
for men to look like women, men and women to look like women. And it's not, there's something more powerful at work here. There's something more powerful at work here based on what the culture and where the culture is going. And so my generation, what I believe we're gonna have to do is as we face this, as we face this challenge, as you face people that you probably know, you yourselves that, that struggle with this identity crisis, is that God is raising up this generation to pray under the unction of the Spirit and to speak that God created us male and female and that we get to uniquely represent the image of God that he put inside of us. That we're not gonna reject our creator, we're not gonna reject the one who made us, but we're uniquely gonna represent him and how he has made us as it's getting even more accepted for even for boys to wear things and make them look like a girl and these lines are being blurred. I truly believe that my generation is gonna have to cross this river and they're gonna be under the unction of the Holy Spirit and the power of God to prophesy and to say that God made you the way that you are for a reason and that he put his love upon your heart. And that before you were formed in the womb, God knew you. He formed your inward parts and that you are a creation of almighty God. You bear the image of your creator. Don't try to mar it. Don't try to change it. Another challenge that I believe that my generation is going to go through, that we're going to need the spirit of God, is the attack, the, the crisis of, of the mind, the crisis of, of, of mental health that is, that is so pervasive amongst my generation. Just as the body can get sick and you need to seek treatment from professionals, I believe truly that the mind can get sick. You must seek treatment from professionals. But I'm not just gonna write it off that God can't work in, in any kind of situation, any kind of scenario. In our world, more teens and, and young people struggle with, with their mind than I have ever seen in my entire life. It is a, it is a, is it a widespread crisis. You hardly can't find a, a, a young person, a teenager or a young adult that doesn't struggle with some kind of anxious thoughts or depressing feelings. You, you, it's, you're, you're hard to find a young person who does not struggle with that in some way. And researchers have tried to find answers. They're trying to find out what, 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 is, what is the reason for this the best answer we can have is the, the effects that comparing yourself to somebody's highlight reel every single day does on the spirit that you think you're not good enough. And this may be the case of what's going on in the world, and this, this may be exactly what's, what's happening. But I believe that my generation, God, is moving on us. He's putting a prophetic spirit upon us to address this issue. That we are not, that there is light at the end of the tunnel. That the end of all this is not just some kind of despair and hopelessness that you'll never be able to conquer your mind and conquer your own thoughts. That those dark, evil things that creep around in your mind will never go away. Because sometimes these things are, are it's influenced by, by the enemy. Just like Jesus, when he was fasting and he was praying before his ministry, the, the devil came and tempted him. And just like this generation, there's such an anointing upon us. But before, we, before we're even able to go out into our ministry, we're being attacked in our minds to, to stop us from going into the destiny that God has for us, to not even do it. And I can stand here as a testimony, as a testimony from God, 
that I looked in the face the deepest, darkest evil that had tried to influence my mind and come against my mind, and I proclaimed the word of God, that God has given me a sound mind, and that I have the mind of Christ. Because when the devil came to Jesus, what was his response? He said, as it is written, and he quoted the word of God like a sword, and he attacked the devil with the word of God coming out of his mouth. And in this generation, in my generation, there is a crisis of mental, just some kind of despair, some kind of darkness, but God is raising up my generation to be filled, our mouths filled with the word of God, to declare the word of God. declare that we are not going to give the devil our minds, but we're going to have the mind of Christ and that we're going to be renewed day by day in our minds by the power and the spirit of Jesus. <laughs> and that we're going to think on what is true, what is noble, what is lovely, what is praiseworthy and the peace of God that surpasses all understanding is going to guard our minds. And when people that we know come up to us and say, how can you have so much joy? How can you have so much peace? How can you have so much clarity? How can you face the darkness in your life? And you say, it's Jesus. It's Jesus. He did it. He transformed my mind. So as my generation crosses this river, we're going to need the spirit, the prophetic spirit of God to use us to minister to people that struggle with this. And finally, there is a pervasive sense of pessimism and hopelessness and despair in the hearts and minds of my generation in the world. And the reason for it is because a biblical worldview is getting replaced with a completely material worldview. That if this is all there is, that the end of life our bodies will just die in a hole and decay and we will be nothing and we will never be remembered and everything will be terrible. It's a no wonder that so many young people struggle with despair if they're living with this in their minds that this life is all there is. As we cross this threshold, I believe that the apostolic church, that there is a generation that knows the reason for the hope that is in them. There is a generation that knows the reason for the hope that is in them, that one day we're gonna look up to the clouds and we're gonna see the Lord descending on the cloud and there'll be a shout and there's gonna be a trumpet blowing. We're gonna look up into the clouds. We're gonna see Jesus come back and he, we're gonna meet him in the air. There's gonna be no more weeping, no more tears, no more crying. And we're gonna be with Jesus forever. I believe that in the apostolic church in my generation that we are being placed under the power of the spirit to proclaim hope to people that have no hope, proclaim hope to people that have no hope. We don't wanna be like those who grieve as have no hope, but we have this hope in us, in earthen vessels, and we're gonna share that hope. So as we cross these these barriers as we cross these, these things, as my generation goes and becomes the leaders of the apostolic church, what we need is the spirit of the elders to come upon us. The things that they faced, the things that, the things that they went through, the challenges that they faced, that they overcome, the rivers that they crossed, we're gonna need their hand upon us. We're gonna need their spirit upon us, the Holy Spirit of God imparted to us to go into these next territories and these next victories.
And I believe that here tonight, amongst my generation, that God is gonna restore in us and place in us the spirit of prophecy. Spirit of prophecy, there's people that are called to be in the office of a prophet, that may be. There's people that are called to be used in the gift of prophecy, that may be. But when I'm speaking of the spirit of prophecy, the prophetic spirit upon us, I'm imagining a group of young people who have hearts burning with the zeal of God, and we're gonna pray for people and they're gonna be healed. That someone is gonna come up to you with an impossible situation in their life, and you're gonna pray and a miracle is going to happen. That someone is gonna come up to you that has no faith, and you're gonna speak to them and they're gonna have faith in Jesus Christ. That we are gonna be praying in the spirit and the unction of the Holy Ghost is gonna come upon us just like Eldad and Medad. And we're gonna give prophecies of the spirit that the word of God is gonna enter into our mouths. And that when we're trying to witness to somebody, when we're trying to speak to somebody, that the power gifts are gonna come in us and flow through us to see souls converted to the kingdom of God. That the spirit, our words are gonna be influenced by the spirit. That the spirit of prophecy is gonna be hovering among us. And when you're talking to your friend, when you're talking to somebody about the things of God, that the spirit is just gonna speak through you. And you're gonna pierce right into their heart, into their soul, and bring them to Almighty God. And I believe that signs are gonna follow us who believe. Scripture says that signs follow them that believe. And if you watch in the book of Acts, after the signs, then people started to believe that we're unbelievers. Tongues were a sign. We're going to start speaking in the spirit. We're going to start praying in the spirit. And unbelievers are going to see it. And they're going to be converted because of the almighty miracles of God. <laughs> and so tonight, I'm simply speaking to my generation, whom I have a burden for and that I believe God is moving amongst in our church, our local church, and in your local churches as well, is that the elder generation sees a prophetic spirit upon my generation. And they want to lay their hands upon us and see us go and see miracles and take territory and win the victory for the name of our God. So tonight, maybe there's a young person here Maybe you've seen your leader, Moses, go into the tent. You've seen your pastor. You've seen your youth pastor. You've seen a minister on your pastoral staff go into the tent and experience the power and the glory of God. And you want so bad to have that upon you to be used by God. But the almighty power and presence of God is in this room tonight. And he's distributing gifts. He's going to call some of us. Jesus call down the gifts of the Spirit, Lord Jesus, upon your people. Speaking gifts, the revelation gifts, the power gifts upon your people, Lord. I pray over my generation, God, that the spirit of prophecy would rest on us, Lord Jesus. That God, when we're trying to feed thirsty souls, Lord God, we're trying to give them the living water. That it's not going to be just us talking, but it's going to be the Spirit of Almighty God ministering through us, Lord Jesus. And that when they lay their hands on people, Lord God, that something is going to change in the Spirit, Lord God. And we're going to shake hell with prayer, Lord God. We're going to call down heaven. And just like you did for Joshua, just like you did for Moses, Lord God, that the glory is going to descend upon us, Lord God. You're going to fill our mouths with the word of God. And we're going to speak on your behalf in the name of Jesus.
if that's you in this room tonight and you want to go into the tent with Joshua and pray, I invite you to pray and ask God and see what he will do. Thank you for listening to this message. For more content, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at The Life Church KC. Reference the episode notes for more details.